Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The second reading for this weekend is Paul's second letter to Timothy. Right now, Paul is writing this letter to his protege, Timothy. Paul is sitting in prison. He's sitting in a Roman prison awaiting his own execution. It's only days or maybe even hours away. Now, for you and I, we would be concerned about nothing else but ourselves and what's going to happen to us. For Paul, he doesn't care. Instead, he cares more about the people that he ministers with, cares deeply about Timothy. That's why he writes them this letter. Now, in this letter, it contains a wealth of spiritual and pastoral knowledge. Therefore, I want to stay with this letter for this weekend and preach on it. Now, as we know, Timothy is Paul's protege. It was Timothy that Paul himself baptized and welcomed into the faith. Timothy, for years, traveled with Paul. He was always at Paul's side throughout all of their missionary activities. Timothy learned everything there was to know about the faith from Paul. That's why in last week's readings, we hear that Paul laid hands upon Timothy and therefore ordained him to become a priest and then sent him to Ephesus to be the pastor of the church there. Now, it's interesting. Timothy really is a microcosm of Paul's evangelization. Timothy is half Jew and half Gentile. His mother was a Jew. His father was Greek, a Gentile. But nonetheless, Timothy symbolizes Paul's evangelization, that Paul evangelized not just Jews, but also Gentiles. Now, when we read the second letter to Timothy, we hear this great pastoral advice that is given to us by Paul, and it's something that we must take to heart ourselves. Now, when learning or reading this letter, essentially we see a wealth of wisdom that Paul now is passing on to Timothy. Once again, Paul knows the end of his life is near. Therefore, essentially he's passing on to Timothy, you could say, his last parting words of wisdom. Now notice how this weekend's passage begins. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David, such is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of chains like a criminal. Now, in the Greek, the gospel actually means the good news. And it is an amazing message that Paul is trying to impart upon Timothy and us. Christ was truly raised from the dead. That is not an assumption or a theory or a philosophy. It is a fact. And therefore, everything about our faith is rooted in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. All of our sacraments and sacred scripture, all of our doctrine and dogma is rooted deeply in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Notice too what Paul says, For which I am suffering, even to the point of chains, like a criminal. Well, now Paul proclaims another fact 
that he truly is in prison and he's chained as a criminal. But he didn't commit any criminal act. He didn't harm anyone. He didn't steal anything, didn't kill anyone. Instead, what he did is he professed and proclaimed this statement. Jesus Christ was crucified and was risen from the dead. And yet, this message is deeply subversive, especially for the Roman Empire and the rest of the world. Jesus Christ was crucified, and yet he was raised up from the dead by the Father. Now, that is a very subversive message. Why? Because the Romans believe they are the true power of this world. Their empire is the greatest power. There is no other power in this world. And yet, what is Paul saying? Uh-uh, no way. There is an infinitely more greater power than the Roman Empire that tried to kill Jesus Christ through the crucifixion. Instead, it's the power of God the Father that raised him up from the dead. And see, if you are a Roman, when you hear that message, that is deeply subversive. To say that there is something else in this world or universe that is greater than the Roman power. Now realize also, crucifixion. Remember, crucifixion was widely used by the Romans. It was an instrument of pain, torture, and death. And it was effectively used by the Romans throughout the entire empire to govern and control the people. More to it, crucifixion was an effective deterrence against crime. Crucifixions always took place at the entrance gates of any Roman city, town, or village. The message was very clear, very unambiguous. As you walked across the entrance gates and you saw these people hanging from crosses, the message was, if you do not abide by Roman ways or Roman laws, this is what will happen to you. And there is no kidding around. To add insult to injury, when a person is crucified, yes, it is painful, but it also takes quite a while to die. Some people could take days to die on the cross. Worse yet, to add insult to injury, when a person died on the cross, they were not immediately taken down and buried. No, they were left on that cross. Again, to be assigned to all visitors of that city. And they were left on that cross for then the animals to devour. And so, we, in our day and age, would say crucifixion was state-sponsored terrorism, terrorizing the people to keep them in order or control them. And yet, Paul comes along and he says, uh-uh, no way, I'm not afraid of that, nor is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you tried to execute in this way, and he destroyed the cross through his death and resurrection. That's why Paul boldly proclaims, Jesus Kurios, Jesus is Christ. But if you are living in the Roman Empire, you must proclaim Kaios Kurios, which means Caesar is Lord. Whether you like it or not, Caesar is your Lord. Therefore, you must proclaim Kaios Kurios. Paul says, no way. Instead, Jesus Kurios, Jesus is Lord. Again, what's the implication? that the Roman power is broken forever. There is a greater power in this world, greater than the Romans themselves. Therefore, it is a deeply subversive message. The terror that was brought on by the crucifixion and the cross is now destroyed by Jesus' resurrection. The cross, a vehicle of death, pain, 
and destruction now becomes the symbol of our hope and eternal life. The threat and the embarrassment of the cross is now turned into victory through Jesus' resurrection. See, this is why this is a deeply subversive message for the Romans. This is why Paul was in jail. You know, when the Romans heard this, they said, you know, shut him up. Get him out of here. We don't want other people to know this because they knew the truth that God's power is infinitely more powerful than the Roman Empire or any other power in this world. Now realize, in Paul's day and age, the Roman Empire was the only superpower in the world. They were the economic, military, intellectual, academic superpower in the entire world. No one even came close to them. And yet, what is Paul saying? Uh Uh-uh, it's not so. There's an even greater power in this world, and it is Jesus Christ. That's why Paul boldly proclaims to Timothy, Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Such is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of chains like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I bear with everything for the sake for those that are chosen, so that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. See, Paul ever so forcefully says there is a greater power in this world. See, that's why Paul is a threat. That's why this message is deeply subversive. That's why the Romans wanted to get Paul out of the way. Paul's ministry lasted approximately 25 to 30 years. He spent half that time in Roman prisons, 12 to 13 years chained up in Roman prisons because his message was deeply subversive. Jesus Christ crucified and is risen from the dead. That's why the Romans said to themselves, you know, shut him up, get him out of here. We don't want to hear that. You know, the fact that there could be another power greater than us. Now notice what Paul says also. I am suffering even to the point of chains like a criminal, but the word of God is not chained. That's powerful. The word of God cannot be controlled or manipulated. See, Paul is in prison. He's waiting his execution. He doesn't care. Why? Because he knows he contains the true power of God. Through his relationship, Paul now shares a life in Jesus Christ. Therefore, now he also shares in that power that is infinitely greater than the Roman Empire. That's why he's not afraid of his execution. See, that's why we are called to this new evangelization, to remind ourselves that we, each and every one of us, shares in the power of Christ because we share a life in Christ. Power of God is in our mind and in our heart. And the more we grow in the knowledge of our faith, the more we live out our faith, the power of Christ grows ever more stronger, just like it did with Paul and all the saints in our church. Therefore, we too, like Paul, are confident to boldly proclaim, Jesus Kurios, Jesus is Lord. More to it, the power of Christ that we have in our life sets us free. It liberates us from all those things in this world that try to control or dictate our lives to us. And they come in many different forms, don't they? Maybe a chronic illness, maybe pain, depression, anxiety, fear, maybe abusive relationship. You know, maybe our culture or certain aspects of our culture, maybe even our government that 
tends to be taking more and more rights away from us. Well, therein lies the power of Christ. We have it in our mind and in our heart because we share a life with Christ. And therefore, when we have that power of Christ, we are truly free. We are truly liberated. Nothing can control us, keep us in chains like Paul. Instead, we truly are free. We are free to continue to grow in a greater love of Jesus Christ, a greater knowledge of him, and be able to live that out each and every day of our life. And when we do, that's when we truly have the power of Christ in and through us. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.